Good day, everyone. Going to bring you the hybrid dive with the raccoon himself, Dylan Scott. couple of quick things. I know we had a couple of sound issues on the last hybrid dive. And on this one, got to be honest, Dylan does not sound great. We've talked about it. We believe we've solved the problem for next time. Uh, but his guests sound great, and his guests give some great answers. So we are going to get to this episode with Taylor Haney and Colin Stiefer. Enjoy it. Away we go. Welcome in, everyone, to the Hybrid Dive Podcast. This is your host, Dylan Scott. And today, we have on two fellows who are less than two weeks removed from being crowned the double High Rock World Champions. We have Taylor Haney from Reach Functional Fitness, and we have Colin Spiefer from OS Fit. These fellows decided to get together down in Tennessee not too long ago and said, you know what? Let's go win a world championship. So, fellas, I think you're back back stateside now. How are you to be able to do it? Taylor, go ahead. Paul's been training since he got off the plane. Damn near. <laughs> uh, no, feel, feeling real good. Uh, Taylor, I know you uh, haven't been back quite as long as I have, but um, yeah, I don't know. Feeling good. Uh, still, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't really feel all that real. I mean, I don't know. We went ran a race and it went well for us, and so I don't know. Just still keeping after, you know. Okay, so complete under complete understatement that we went ran a race and it went well for us. You know, that's all. We were just the best in the world on that day. Nothing much. Well, it's uh, yeah, same for me. Like it doesn't feel. I don't know. Like I can't speak for Colin, but like after we crossed the stage, we we actually didn't know if we had won. So mm-hmm. it was kind of an hour of what are we doing, and then we win. We hug. We take a few pictures. And this is the first time I've seen Colin since. Like, we obviously talked, but yeah, I don't think I got a chance to, like, even talk about the event until, like, two days ago. Because yeah, I went, yeah, like, in England tour, and so did Colin. So, like, it doesn't feel like we really did it. And, and then additionally, like, there's been no – there's no media around the doubles. Yeah. So, you know. Well, but, let's, let's you know, take I'm training now. I'm ready to do it. Let's do it again. Yeah, let's make this the moment where we take some time to reflect on it. And, and, you know, that you guys get to actually appreciate it and have it brought up. So, yeah, I know. So, both of you went, you know, afterwards. Colin, where'd you head off to? Uh, we, our original plan was to head towards, uh, we we're going to rent a car and drive to Wales, climb like a, whatever the biggest mountain is in the UK, which isn't so high. But after okay. walking around Manchester and watching people drive and it being on the wrong side of the road, wrong side of the car, <laughs> both Molly and myself are like, we will kill ourselves if we rent a car and try to drive. So we ended up not heading that way. We took a train, went to London for a day, and just stayed places that we could walk. So did a lot of sightseeing and stuff like that, uh, which was really cool. But yeah, we didn't end up driving. Too scared, too scared. Dude, I, I do not blame you. Like, when I was riding with a couple of people that, you know, I never drove while I was over there either. But I was like, dude, this is how y'all drive all the time. They're like, yeah, I was like, brother, we get pulled over so fat. Like, dude... But just the rules of the road there are different, man. And I'm like, people would be so angry at you for driving like this in the state. Oh, absolutely. And I know we were in like a, a very urban area. So people are going to be a little bit more aggressive with their driving stuff. And I'm like, I can't, I can't hang. The like three seconds it's going to take me to make sure that I turn into the right lane, either left or right, is not yeah. going to fly with these guys. No, no. So I think it, I think that was smart. 
And then we I did, we did the exact opposite. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. You went for it. You just went we, for we it. We got a car the next day, drove to North Wales. Um, between driving in Wales, Manchester, London, Brighton, Sussex. I mean, we went, I think I drove about 800 miles um, and probably 300 roundabouts. If I never drive another English roundabout again, like, you'll be all right. It's And it's such a mind, like, it's not the opposite. You're not just driving on the opposite side. Like, the rules are not the same. So um, I thought I was done driving until we found out that our uh, train was on strike. So I had to rent a car and drive from London to Manchester with all of my kids holding their suitcases. So, you know, if it had been my wife and I, it would have been a lot easier. But hauling three kids around, it was... I don't recommend it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, I saw that you had definitely some travel struggles getting back over here. So, um, all part of the story. All, all part, part of the story. story. Well, uh, we we kind of moved past, you know, like winning championship. What'd you do after that? But let's let's get to let's go into like you guys coming together, finding each other through the sport. And I'm gonna start with you, Taylor. So, from from the high rock standpoint, I feel like you've been around pretty early on since it was in the state. I feel like I remember meeting you fairly early because I started in, you know, early 2021. So when did you first come onto the high rock scene? And before that, what is it that you were doing that kind of led you down this athletic path? Sure. So, yeah, kind of the same time frame as you. Uh, It just, I think I actually still used Facebook at the time, but it like popped up on Facebook. Um, And then I started researching it. It's kind of the same time DECA was coming out. And I was like, uh, man, this is not the perfect competition for me, but I think we're getting closer to something I could be good at. Yeah. Uh, but then I saw where it was mostly, you know, kind of overseas. Um, and so like, when I heard about it, I kind of was like, well, I'm going to start training for this. This is probably three years ago. And, okay. uh, you know, fast forward now, I've done three seasons um, and, you know, met you in that process. I think I've probably done eight doubles races and then I did a, mm-hmm. a pro once bad circumstances i want to i'd like to do a pro again but um but that's kind of been my journey in it like i I guess you would say i started training for specifically when i was like 36 so you know for people who thinking it's too late to the game that's not the case i'll be 40 later this year so um but my my background the short version is i i played soccer you know uh, okay very competitively from seven years old all the way through college um and so that's kind of where i had somewhat of a running background but i didn't do cross country or track or anything like that but you know if you played soccer you're basically running all the time so that that's the abridged version and as a soccer player like what was your sort of what was your position you know like what did you did you play in college um yeah i played in college yeah so uh i started really young that's i'm one of five kids so parents were like you can play one sport because we just physically can't get you anywhere so (laughs) Soccer played neighborhood ball like everything else, all the other sports, but soccer was really my passion. You know, uh, played all the way up through college, had a couple state championships um, in club ball and in high school, and uh, and then went and played in college. And I wouldn't say I kind of fell out of love with it at that point, but I started kind of really liking uh, what we call now functional bodybuilding, which is probably why my physique looks a lot different than a lot of the other racers. But yeah. um, yeah, I would say like just having that background and then graduating and still being competitive and there not being anything to do. And then that's mm-hmm. when kind of like OCR kind of hit the scene. Um, and I never even did my first Spartan race till like five years ago. Um, okay. and 
And so like, I didn't really have a background in hybrid racing, but it was always something that I was like, if, if there's a sport like this, I would be interested in it. And it just happened that it came at a later stage in my life. But mm-hmm. fortunately, like the first Spartan race I ever did, I won. And I was like, all right, I, I actually enjoy the training. And so, yeah. and now I can be competitive. So like, I love working out to look good and feel good, but I can also do that and like scratch that competitive itch. So, you know, like hybrid racing is like that perfect blend, mm-hmm. uh, being able to, you know, weight train and run. I, I'm not, I don't particularly like to run, but, uh, you know, that's what the sport is. Um, so I've, you know, I've really enjoyed it and I can't wait to see where it's going. It just keeps getting more competitive and bigger. So yeah, that's, that's the, the, the medium length version. Hopefully that okay. helps. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. It's always good to see like the background that have that brought people, you know, to this sport. Um, and I mean, for you, definitely, dude, I, I feel like you could kick the absolute crap out of a soccer ball. Your quads are ridiculous. Like when you talk about having a different physique, and the rest of that, you do, you have like, you have a lot of a bodybuilding style physique. Um, but you still run really well and you're still functionally fit, which is not something too many people associate with a bodybuilder. Like, I don't think too many people look at bodybuilder and they're like, oh, you know, this guy's really, he's a fitness dude. Yeah, he's a bodybuilder. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, if, like, if I show up to a high rocks, you know, and I look good or whatever, people are like, man, he looks good, but he's probably going to get dead last. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's, so like it's like if, I, if I'm standing at the line, people are going to be intimidated. But then in the back of their mind, like, yeah, he's probably not a good athlete because you you really can't carry size like that. But you know, uh, fortunately, you know, 25 years of weight training and training, you know, I've got I've got a lot in the backpack, so to say. But uh, yeah, but and I like I mean I like if I have a preference, like if I'm going to go in the gym, I'm going to do more of a functional bodybuilding style workout. So I would say I do mm-hmm. double. I do twice as much as that as everybody else, and I do half the conditioning. I'm like, what yeah. is the least I can do to be to be potentially win a world championship? But what's yeah. the most I can do to look good? And that's kind of that's kind of where I am. <laughs> Colin's a little different. He he kind of he told me like, and he's he's jacked in his own right, but he told yeah. me kind of like he takes out a lot of his weight training towards the end and does a lot more conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't get excited about that, you know, like. I mean, I enjoy doing it, but I'm going to do like, what is it, what is, what is exactly what I need to do to perform at a high level, um, mm-hmm. but also still enjoy the training. Well, I'll and say, not I mean, to like, not to like toot yeah. Taylor's horn at all, but like when you line up on a start line and the high rocks or a deck or something, and you look left and right, the most jacked or like turtle shell looking dude with his shirt off, usually you're like, I don't got to I don't have to worry about that guy because you yeah. know, he's going to take that first run out pretty hard. He's going to be super powerful, but he probably doesn't have the endurance to hang on. When that same guy can hang on, uh, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And that's what Taylor can do, which is pretty freaking cool. Nah, I'll definitely say, like, Taylor, well, you and I, I, know. I just I just stand behind Colin, and I just draft off of him. That's that's really the secret. You know, I just, I just draft. Colin, I have you, to just run away. you just pull him along. Y'all just do cycling tactics. He, hold, he holds my hand. <laughs> um, and so... Like with that, so we've got, you know, Taylor's coming from the soccer background and he's over here like, man, I like to bodybuild and lift and I want to, I want to do the minimal amount of conditioning. And now you got me and Colin right here and we're just riding bikes, having a little chit chat. And, and so Colin, you know, when I met you, that was in Schamburg in, uh, mm-hmm. in 2022, you know, that was your first race. Um, and I had a great race that day and Taylor was, he was out there as well. So all three of us were actually at that race. Um, and I do remember wild. thinking like, it's wild to think about. Yeah. 
Yeah, we were all there. Um, and so I remember you weren't in my heat. Um, so I finished and like I had won my heat by a large margin and I was like super happy at the time and everything. And then I saw your time come through. I was like, for a first go at it, that's pretty darn good. Um, and so I kind of looked you up and like Colin Stifer, CrossFit background. I was like, okay. So with you, what was your, what was your upbringing? What did you do sports wise? How did you get to CrossFit? How did you get to High Rocks? And then, you know, how did we get right here where you're sitting here as world champion? Um, in high school, I played, or for the majority of high school, I ran cross country in the fall, played tennis in the spring. Okay. Um, so, or at least the back half of high school. Before that, I played football, baseball, basketball, the sports you play when just growing up. Um, and then into college, I played tennis at a small NCAA, or excuse me, uh, why am I blanking on it? Small NAI? private school, whatever. NAI. NAI, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not that far removed from it, so I should know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, small NAI school in Davenport, Iowa. Played tennis all four years. Um, you got, hey, you got and I would run name. here. Come on, come on. Give us the name. What's the name of the St. Ambrose University. Okay. Proud. Yeah, we were the Fighting Bees. Not the, the most fighting uh, bees. We'll sing the intimidating mascot, but... That's neither here. It could be like that. Like, so, there's, there's like Delta State. I think they're like the fighting okra, man. Like, <laughs> I think yeah, it could be worse. Yeah, I, I believe it's the Delta State, the fighting okra. So, like, you know, you could have been a vegetable. Uh, you know, yeah, you're right. It could always be a little bit worse, I suppose, huh? <laughs> All right. So, you're out there singing but, uh, for the fighting bees. Yep. Singing for the fighting bees, playing tennis, played tennis all four years. Um, and then my senior year of college, over the summer, going into my senior year, the like 24-hour gym that I would go to and yep. use the machines because we didn't really do a lot of weight training for cross-country or tennis. Um, yeah. They closed because they were moving locations. And whenever I would run like at around home during the summer, I ran past this CrossFit gym. And I had told myself for like three months every day that I'm like, man, I should stop in there. Never did because I was nervous. And then when that gym closed, I was like, well, I need somewhere to work out. So I ran the whatever, like eight miles there walked in the door and like my running shoes and like three inch shorts and like a, like a, like a racing tank. And I'm like, there we go. Hi, I'd like to try CrossFit. And the owner, <laughs> his name was Bill. Super nice dude. Um, he's like, yeah, okay. Come on out. Couldn't squat 135 below parallel going into my senior year of college. How embarrassing. And, uh, just fell in love with the challenge. I was like, man, I need to get better at this shit. And then I started CrossFit had my best season of tennis. And then after I, after graduation, um, it was all CrossFit from there. And similar to Taylor's story, that was, that was the, that was the competition avenue that I could kind of just go right into once tennis was over. And so and for, that's, that's where we went right after, right after college. And you're, how old are you at this point? Uh, like currently? Yeah. yeah how old are you right now? 27. Okay. So, all right. So we're the same age. So 27, Taylor's almost 40, you know, and both of you guys are finding the sport around the same time, like not in your life, but at the same time. And it, it, that's pretty cool that there's a sport that it's like, we're both going to get started and have success at it and start almost a decade apart. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like and I think, interest, like, I don't know yeah, how okay. most people find the sport, but like, I didn't know before that race in Schaumburg in November, I didn't know about High Rocks until the September prior. So like two months before, one of my buddies sent me a video, one of the YouTube videos and he was like, check this yeah. out. I think you might like this. And I was like, damn right. <laughs> You know, you just, you sign up and you're like, all right, I got something to train for now. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, I think I found it through Instagram during the, during the pandemic. I found it through the BCS thing that they did like the virtual competition. And that was yeah. what introduced me to it. And I told her, I thought you, what, what you got down there? I'm sorry. 
I thought you I thought you were about to say something just a minute ago. I'm in my office, and if people know I'm in here, they're going to try to come in here all day. Oh, you just you just got to tell them, like, yo, 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 back off. Yeah. <laughs> if I do that, it's, it's people I'm telling them to, sorry. So, all right, now you're straight. I thought you were saying, like, yo, I got something to throw in here. Um, but so, all right, so we raced it. We, we all three of us raced the race out, out in Chamber. And now, when was it that you two started connecting on the idea of doubles? Because Kyle, I know we raced in North America Champs, you know. Was doubles on your radar at that point, or were you still like, hey, I want to go try to grab an Elite 15 spot? Like, where was your mind at? Um, to be honest, it was just go with the flow. So whatever the next thing okay. was, I'm like, all right. So, you know, showing up to um, Navy Pier for the Elite 15, it's like, all right, this is going to be a, the most competitive race that I've raced in. Let's line yeah. up, and we'll give it what we got. And I had, when I lined up for that race, I didn't have any plans for afterwards other than like be present in, in this race and then mm-hmm. figure out what's next after that. Um, but then after, right after Navy Piers, when Taylor and I connected. Okay. Um, and it was pretty much smooth sailing from there. Taylor, I don't know what you've got to add. Yeah. Um, so I had, I had gone to two world championships prior and yep. the, like the first season I had an awesome teammate trained really hard and then, but it was, man, we trained for a really long time. We won our first race. We won our second race, which was the U.S. Nationals. We're going to Worlds. And my my teammate, Paul, amazing athlete. He's out in Colorado Springs now. He just, young guy, he was like 20 at the time. He just got burnt out. And so yeah. he started really training a lot more CrossFit. So we went to Worlds probably not prepared. I think we got fourth. Um, and then the next year, my teammate and I, you know, had a great season and then, he couldn't go to Worlds. So I picked up another teammate. He got injured 11 days out. And I show up to Worlds with no teammate. I get a race. Tw- I get an athlete 12 hours before the race I've never met. We got like seven. Um, yeah. It was it was Johnny. Um, uh, Mayor, uh, Mayor? Yeah. So Johnny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great dude. Um, and so oh, absolutely. this year, I kind of similar story. I got just. I have amazing training partners at Reach, and it's like it's always trying to figure out who to put who with. Yeah. And I had a really great partner that's gotten me really far, but we raced, and we just did not have the race that we wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was his second race, I believe, and we I qualified for Worlds by the skin of my teeth, and you know it was one of those things where it's like, man, I'm I'm I might age out at some point, yeah, uh, but I know I can win Worlds doubles, right? And so I just had an honest conversation with my teammate and with the team. It was like, Hey, I don't want to, I'm not kicking you to the curb, but like, here's like the, here's what it's going to take to win worlds. And you're not there. And we were sitting right here in this office. And I mean, and Kevin took it like a man and was like, Hey, you're the coach you run. This is your brand. Like if I helped you get there and then I just got to get out of the way for you to make it. He's like, and I don't even think I can go to England anyway. Like, you're going to have to replace me anyway. But, like, I'm not offended. I want you to have the most success. You're a good friend of mine. You know, you do what you think you need to do. Um, And so it wasn't one of those things where I wanted to, like, just form a super team or something because I don't really like that idea But because I wanted to be able to train with this person. So uh, Taylor Williamson trained at my gym at the time. She's CrossFit Mayhem. She's won the games twice. And, uh, and I was talking to her and she said, Hey, I actually know this guy in Cookville. Um, and he's like, he's an awesome CrossFit athlete, but his conditioning is like, he's, his conditioning is too good for CrossFit. I think he would, and I think he's doing a high rocks. And I was like, what's his name? 
And so she, she hooked us up and I just messaged Colin after that. And it wasn't long after that, we actually met in person at the Knoxville DECA fit. And then we, we ran like, what we do? Maybe three trials together. Yeah. And, uh, and it was like, I mean, we just, we knew that, and I told him, I was like, look, if we partner together, we're going to win worlds. Do you want to do it? Yeah. And I mean, he was like, yes. You know, cause like he said, he was just going with the flow, like what's next. And I guess maybe I came across as like, like if you, if you, if you just agree to it, then you can go ahead and take the gold medal home because we're going to win it. And, and I told him, I was like, I, you know, might not get another chance. Let's do it. And so he's, a, we're very similar in that, in that respect, like. We just really believe we're always going to do it. Do you know what I'm saying? So I guess that really feeds with each other, but then we're both very tactical about how we do things. So that's how we met. Like I literally just messaged him on Instagram and before I know it, we're meeting and then we're running a time trial, but it wasn't like, you know, a lot of times when you get around other good athletes, there's a little bit of like sizing up and there's kind of that yeah. like, it just wasn't like that with Colin. So um, you know, it's like neither of us had anything to prove. We just were two really confident guys um, that we knew like, hey, based on our skill sets, I mean, we've got a really good shot. Um, and then we ran a time trial and like right after that, we were like, we can win. Um, but let's just get even better, you know. So that's really like the how it got there. And I think too, like another part of that a little bit. And I think so like in any kind of team sport, right? And doubles, especially when it's just you and one other person, it's it can be tough sometimes because you have to rely on another human being, right? When you're out there running a solo high rocks race, the only person that's not like Dylan for you, the only person that's not going to run your best race is you. There's nobody holding you back out there on the course, you know, or, or whatever. If somebody's going to have a bad day, it's going to be you. You don't have to rely on anybody else to either perform or not perform. So part of me, is always hesitant about that. Even in, even in tennis playing doubles, it's like, damn, if my partner has a bad day today, that sucks because then we have a bad day. Or if I have a bad day, I let my partner down. So there's a hesitancy there to be like, all right, can I trust this athlete? And can this athlete trust me? Yeah. And I think where Taylor and I mesh so well is that both of us, there was no, it was a zero option mentality. Like we were never going to let each other down. Like even on, even on our worst day, we were going to die before we were going to either not hit our run pace or not hit our whatever split for whatever station. We were going to die before we let that happen. There was no letting off the gas because I didn't feel hot. So, and I think... Yeah being able to see that. Like I saw that at DecaFit Knoxville watching Taylor run. And I'm like, yeah, this dude's got it. I'm not worried about mm -hmm. it, but you don't know that. You don't always know that. Yeah. So I think that was a big part of it too, is, is having that trust. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, you know, Colin, and I really haven't had a chance really to decompress, but you know, I'm so appreciative of you, man. Like this has been just so much fun. And, uh, you know, it's funny cause people ask you like, man, well, like, who's your partner? Cause you know, like I'm, in here, like I'm the 10 pound bass in the small pond, right? At, yeah. at Reef. And so, you know, everybody puts me on a pedestal, probably not appropriately. And so, Colin and I were actually discussing this yesterday is it's really hard for me to get pushed in the gym, you know, like really kind of in anything. Like, there's a couple powerlifters, obviously, lift a lot more than me, but like pretty much everything I do in the gym, there's not really anybody I, I'm like competing with. Um, and then when I was telling people, that Colin was my teammate. I remember specifically people in the gym being like, this is the first time you've ever said like, this, this is a better athlete than you. Do you know what I mean? Like this guy's fitter than you. You've never said that before. And so like that required some humbleness for me. And I think with Colin is he never, he never presented himself that way. Do you know what I mean? It was never a competition between he and I. Mm -hmm. 
it was like, what are we going to do? And in order for us to do our best, it was, what do I need to do to allow him to do his best? And what does he need to do to allow me to have my best? And both of us at our best is going to, we're going to win. And, uh, and that's, you got to have a little bit of humble pie on that. Um, and so it was the first race I had gone into where I knew that somebody else was probably going to do 60% of the zone mm-hmm. work. And historically, I've usually done like 70 to 80% of it. Yeah. Um, and didn't have to do all the, run, you know, lead the running. So it was really like a change for me. Uh, but I remember doing our first time trial. My wife called me after and she's like, how'd it go? And I was like, that's the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> you know, and I was like, I hope he's not disappointed. Um, and she's like, oh, no, no, he's I don't think he's he knows that, like, when it comes down to it, you're going to do what's necessary. And because, uh, you know, like, again, you do that first time trial, like, man, I got to I got to like hold my end of the bargain. And yeah. I frankly, I've not really had to do that in my hybrid racing experience because I've always been the more conditioned athlete. Um, and so that was kind of a change for me. But like I said, Colin never made me feel like, oh, you know. I got second in DecaFit elite. You know, I was in the elite yeah. fifteen. Like you're subordinate to me, and I, you know, I can't ra- I can't race below my standard. Do you know what but I'm that's saying? Like, that's such a good team dynamic right there. You know, to have somebody to have one person who goes like, like well, one. So you look at it. So we let's go back to the person you qualified with. Okay, yeah. the person you qualified with. You set the standard. You like listen. These are the marks we have to hit. And it's like if if you're not going to be able to hit them. The only way to win this, and I mean, that is sports. Sometimes you have to just be like, look, you're either there or you're not. And if we're going to go win a world championship, I'm not trying to kick you out, but some, you've either got to rise to the occasion or I got to find somebody else who's going to match it, you know? Yeah. And then for you to be the guy to say that, but then also decide once you got paired up to be like, I'm actually not the superior athlete here. Like oh, yeah. I leveled up above myself and I went and somebody who's with me now, I have to be like, Hey, dude, you're you're better than me. But if we piece this together right, together we're damn good. Like, oh yeah, to yeah, to not have the ego get in the way, to not be like, hey, I'm gonna go get a better athlete. Like, but am I gonna get somebody who's better than me? Yeah. you know that that they brought home. And then for Colin, you know, at the same time, to be able to train together the whole time, I'm I haven't. I mean, of course, I would love to actually have come in there and trained with you guys and seen the dynamic and all that cool stuff. But I'm sure there was never a time that he was like you know, pushing you while putting you down at the same time. Like, dude, come on, you got to keep up with me. Like, I, I guarantee you, you probably never heard out of his mouth anything that said, you have to blank with me. Like, keep up with me. Yeah. Go as fast as me. And he was just like, probably just hammer it. Come on, tell you got this. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, I can't speak for Colin, but he's probably one of the most humble athletes I've trained with. Um, but it, it, I think there's a really good, we just both have, our mentality is so similar so I'm never worrying about what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and I can't speak for him, but I don't think he's worrying about what I'm doing. Um, well, and even yeah. from the beginning of our, of like in our first sim, we, we had the intent to talk through any adjustments that we needed to make or anything like that, especially on the station work. We had like yeah. certain goals that we expected to hit for the runs. And then it was like, all right, let's feel out the stations. We'll figure out as we go. And I think after the skiers, we really didn't talk through anything. We, we, it's almost, we knew yeah. what needed to be done. And like, it was a lot more innate than I think we expected it to be, which was a really cool sign, especially at the first time training together. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Like, in order to win, 
you know, I had another team there that um, great athletes, they really trained hard, but they did not have the day they wanted. And to win a world championship, a lot of things have to go right. Um, but the chemistry between the two teammates, um, if that is really good and it's not forced, mm -hmm. I mean, I know we'll get into talking about how the event actually went, but it, yep. like, reflecting on it now, like, it is one of my favorite singular sports experiences of my life. Not just because we won. Just, I mean, the, like, we were li living that moment as fully as you could. But like he said, it was innate in the training. There wasn't, you know, a whole lot of discussion as we were out there. It was just, it just it's kind of more like we just absorbed the moment osmosis and it just kind of worked. And then we would decompress after and discuss, like, here's some things that I need to work on or you need to work on or we need to work on. Uh, and and all, everything was all, always positive. Everything was positive. And so, like, for me, I'm not somebody who likes to go down the rat hole of negativity. I always want a positive spin on it. You know, no, no negative self-talk, no criticism that's negative. Uh, but mm -hmm. like, hey, this or like, and like, how do we execute that? And then I would not check up on him, you know, to see what he was doing. But we would send each yeah, other a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I don't, it's not that I don't care what he's doing. It's just I know he's doing what's necessary. But there was a little bit of pride on both of our ends of like every now and again, I get a text from Colin of like some of his splits on a workout he did. And I'm like, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would send him stuff because I'm like, well, I got to, he needs to know I'm kicking ass, you know, like. And so I would send him stuff and that's, you know, you're just having that good, solid communication as opposed to this is some random dude uh, that I'm just going to go try to win a race with. And so, and yeah, like, like I get that. So I've raced doubles before I raced with Tara, you know, and she and I, same dynamic. It's just meshes well. We don't train together that often, but we talk like we know we're sitting back where I'm doing this workout, I'm doing that. And I'll say, Colin, one workout that I've yet to do that I still owe you is the the 400s with the 40 wall balls is it 10 rounds 10 rounds for time that, baby that workout is ridiculous like you said you were all unbroken on the wall balls you're running like 128 to 131 or something like that and then you're like and just to cap it i did max assault bike cows for time for the rest of the 45 minutes like yep this dude's conditioning like i'm i'm very conditioned i'm in good shape but when he told me that workout i was like I'm not going to, there's no way I'm not breaking those wall balls. Like that is, it's impressive. So I know that some of the stuff that had to be coming to your phone, Taylor, you're like, oh, yeah. he's putting in the, he's putting in the work. Yeah. And, and here's the thing with, uh, with Colin is he's, he doesn't brag and he doesn't even do humble brags. I could say he does not even do humble brags, which is, this is very, you know, in an Instagram world, that's, that's hard to do. You know, like we're always trying to put our highlight reels on Instagram. This guy like doesn't put anything out. You know, he's like, I don't want people to know what I'm doing, you know. And, and, and I kind of said the same thing. I put some stuff on there, but, like, I need to keep some stuff hidden. I don't want people to show up and be like, well, you know, he, he ran 2,400s at 110, you know. I don't want people to know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, I mm -hmm. put some stuff out there because I'm selling programming, but at the same token, Colin, he keeps a lot of that close to the chest, and he's not going to – he doesn't brag about it. He's like, this is the numbers, this is what it is, and it's always super it's, impressive. It's funny. All three of us have, like, a different social media approach. Colin, I'm going to throw it over you here in just a second. Like – Taylor, you put some stuff out because you're like, hey, I sell programming. I use Instagram as my training log so that I yes. can go back to my archives and look at what I've done. I can't tell you how many times I've been like talking to somebody. I say, hold on, I'll find out. And I go scroll through. And I'm like, oh, I posted that workout. And I'm like, that's what I did. So 
I yeah. share almost everything except for the mundane cardio just so that I can go check it later. And I love that. I love that yeah. too. It's good and because it's, if you do something really that was really difficult, you can go back like a year later and be like, how did I do that? Yeah. You know, and like, and then you beat it and you're like, yes, I'm going in the right direction. All right, Kyle, I'm I think to be a guru. How do you do it? So, so, oh, the secret? You, you don't get to know that. Um, okay, okay. I, I think one, I don't know if you put it on a poster, maybe you talked about it on a story one time, Dylan, but you were talking about how, you know, sometimes you can see people, basically the gist of it was, it doesn't really matter if you can smoke a workout, a super hard workout on a Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. after a midday nap, as recovered as you can be, like, what can you do when it actually matters? Like, when you, when you line up on that start line, are you ready? Because if you're not, then I don't really care what your training looks like or what you say your training looks like. So I think that's kind of the approach I take. It's like, you gotta, you gotta be ready when it's times, when it's time to be ready. And everything, yeah. everything that you do that gives you the confidence or the preparedness to get to that point, that's what you gotta do. That's the expectation. Yeah, so, I agree with that. And I, a buddy of mine said this the other day. He said, I don't want to be a whiteboard champion. You know what I mean? You yeah. know, and, like it gets really competitive at reach and we've got people like we got leaderboards and people will beat somebody in a workout and everybody's like, well, you know, they didn't scale it or they like, they were doing half reps or whatever. And, uh, and this will be some of the competitors. And I'm like, guys, what matters is what you do on the race day. <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody cares about your train heroic leaderboard. Like it's motivating and all that. But I agree with Colin. It's like, there's, I see people do these amazing stuff and these people I follow that I'm like, man, this person should absolutely destroy it. Um, and high rocks, and and then when they go and they don't have their day, or they just yeah. cannot, they just can't connect it. it together. I've seen that a lot before, and I mean, unfortunately, like for me at Worlds, you know, I had decent workouts going in. I was hitting a couple of PRs, and then on the day, it wasn't there. Just wasn't um, there. Yeah. And, and so happens. you have to, yeah, and you have to know that. Okay, so there's multiple fronts, but you have to know that as a competitor for yourself, like you have a shit day. All right, I'm not as bad as my worst day. You know, like that, that's your floor, but that's not your every single day fitness. And then also you have to know that everybody else on that line, like no matter how great they are, are susceptible to those days as well. So like when people line up and they're like, this guy's the odds, like he's going to win. You sure about that? <laughs> you, you sure today's not one of his off days? Maybe he has, you know, maybe he has one off day every two years, but they could land on a world championship. Like the odds are low. But I've seen it happen before, and then it's definitely in a race like a high rocks. Like you better be as prepared as possible, but anything can blow up and happen. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like I don't. I I think Dylan, you're probably, you're a good example of that too, because it's like going into North American Championships. I don't know how many people, if they were putting money on it, would have put you on the podium. But then you have a day, and it's like, <laughs> look what I did. Yeah, you're like, yeah, and you're fully capable of that. That's not. It's not like you cross that finish line. You're like. I don't know how the fuck I just did that. You met expectations. You knew it. You knew the capabilities yeah. there. You just have to be able to execute. Everything needs to be able to align. And there are a lot of factors that go into making that a possibility, but it's never a guarantee. Well, I think Schomburg was a really big moment for Dylan because it would it. You know, you weren't racing against him. Yeah, that was really just. I, I remember seeing you out on the course, and it just looked really effortless. And you know, do a sub sixty and not feel like you had to put a mat. I mean, appearance wise did not feel like you had to put out a max effort is going to give you a ton of confidence going into the rest it of the did. year. It did. It did. I mean, that was, I was, day I was for me. excited as you were when I saw it, you know, I was, you know, I was just really thrilled for you because I knew 
I mean, that's it's just such a big deal. You know, it's like a, a two twenty marathon. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a it's, it's huge. Not huge. a lot of people will ever do that. So what I want to look at now is on race day. You know, coming over there. When did you guys both head over to Europe? When did y'all get together? What was your race plan like going into that? Uh, Taylor, you want to start? Yeah, we left Wednesday, the 24th, did a transatlantic flight overnight. I don't recommend it. Um, so when we got into Manchester at like 7 a.m., we took a, a Bolt, which is an Uber, uh, yep. to the Airbnb, and we actually took like a four-hour nap. Um, and I've traveled internationally quite a bit, and that was probably the first time I'd, I'd experienced like I was, I was exhausted. Um, but it was fine after that. And so, yeah, we got, we technically were there Thursday. So didn't, and I didn't, we just walked and saw the sights, you know, I didn't try to hold back anything. So that's really what we did. And then Colin and I didn't see each other till race day. Mm-hmm. Taylor was also playing dad. His whole family went with him too. So that kind of travel is probably a lot more taxing, but, uh, we left on Wednesday night as well and ended up getting to Manchester Thursday, like early afternoon. Yeah. Um, and so pretty smooth. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, the uh, the time change was for you. Does traveling for you with family does that go into races? Does that make it harder or easier? Does it like because you stay in that you know maybe dad zone for a long, long time instead of thinking about the race? Like, what does that do for you mentally? Um, You know, most of the races I go to kind of on my like with the team, and so my my wife's only been to one other race, and so I think the kids have they saw Knoxville. and they saw Chicago a couple years ago, but uh, it wasn't like this time. But I would say it's actually easier because, like, I'm not just 100% dialed into this race and stressing over it. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just, we're just living life together. And so, you know, literally walking into the warm up, they're still with me. And then they separated after that. And so it wasn't, I actually, I would say it was, it was a lot easier having them with me. And what an experience to have my three sons and my wife with me. Like we're still still talking about it today. Like I know for my kids, they're eight to 13 years old. And I think the reality for for them of like what it takes to get to that point, I think they see that now. Yeah. Um, And like what mom and I had to sacrifice to get there. They're really appreciative of that. So it was really special to have them there, but it it actually made the race so much easier that of all the races I've done, I can honestly say this was the least stressful and the mm-hmm. most fun, you know, I can, like I, I never definitely see that. Jitters or anything like that. I just, it was just fun, you know, and I guess, cause we just knew we, we knew we had done what was necessary to get there, you know? And, and so Colin, you came over, it was you and your, it was uh, you and your girlfriend, Colin came over. Yep. Yeah. Molly and I came over. Uh, and, uh, I think what was a little bit different about this race was that we didn't start. We started at 6 PM was our start time, yeah. which yeah. is late, pretty late in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to the two or three o'clock start times that we're, that we're used to. So yeah. one thing that I was a little bit nervous about was just being too excited for too long on race day, you know, cause you wake up, you're like, Oh, it's race morning. Let's go. Yeah. And yeah. you can't, you can't be jazzed up at 7 45 AM, 11 yeah, hours right. before your yeah. race, you know? So I think like being in a difference, like having like another person or people that you can yeah put energy into or like not like distract but just like you don't have to be so laser focused on the race 11 hours beforehand because all that's going to do is drain you mentally yeah it does so it a lot. like to have somebody around you it does, it takes the focus off of yourself you know like you're not mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean it's not narcissism that's going on in that moment but it is like you can get in your own head 
and what you would rather just have somebody else around that you can just, you know, joke around with, keep things light, and so that you don't get all that pent-up anxiety where now, yeah, it's 830 in the morning, and you're just tapping, and you're like a caged right. animal just ready to go. Right, you can't be a caged animal ready to go when you got to be, like, dealing with an eight-year-old, <laughs> you know? You're like, I got to be a dad right now. I can't be a, I can't be a caged lot. Um, yeah. and so now we're, we're at the point, like now we get to where we can be a cage lion. Okay. We've kind of departed from the family. We're in the warm up area. Did y'all have anything that y'all were like, did y'all have a set plan for how to warm up? And then when the, when it was race time, did you know, how were you going to split everything? So go ahead and take us through that. Yeah, go ahead. I'd say warm up. We, we both, we just do our own thing. I think we both okay. started on the biker and then Colin and I are, neither of us really require a substantial warm up. Um, and so I, I would say we both, we maybe cycled for 10, 15 minutes and then it was like two minutes on the road, two minutes on the ski, two minutes running. And that was it. I didn't, I like touch, the sleds, didn't touch the sleds, didn't do a single air squat. Um, you know, for me, I'm thinking about like my energy and I'm like, yeah. I just don't want to drain that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I just spiked the heart rate once or twice and that's really it. You know, and so, but it was cool being in there, uh, you know, looking around and being like, man, there's a lot of teams in here. Yeah. And I recognize a lot of these people. You know, there's the previous world champions. There's these guys who are really good. I'm like, you know, there's probably 10, 15 teams in here that have a legitimate chance of winning. But, yeah. you know, Colin and I were just like, look, if, if, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet on me 100% time. Put us in the back alley. I'm coming out of it. That's that's what I'm doing. You're coming out. You're leaving Colin behind, but you're getting out. I'm like, you know. Colin, we're, you're staying in Iowa. Yeah, we're coming, we're coming out victorious. And so, like, once I kind of, you know, purviewed, like, oh, this is fun experience. There's a lot of good people here. We were never really thinking about the other athletes because you can't do that in three heats. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, all you can do is give your best performance. That's it. So, yeah, I mean, that was really the warm-up. Very simple. And then it was like, okay, we if we don't leave now, we're going to be late to our starts. Yeah. That, that was one thing that we did. We tried to hang out in the – we tried to stay time our warm-up such that we didn't have to go back to that right before the start line and hang out yeah. there for 15 minutes. So I think we walked over there maybe a minute and a half before yeah. before our minute countdown. Yeah, uh, we timed it up. They went through all the hype you up and all that. We missed all that good you didn't need it uh, we didn't no. need it my kids were up on the rafters like on the bleachers and they were like y'all yeah. need to get in and we're still like just talking to people um you know and then it was like all right well, let's just go in and, and then colin was like um i don't want us i don't think we should start out the top let's just yeah get the middle of the pack we'll let everybody burn themselves out because we're going to destroy people in the zones and i was like, all right let's, let's do that so we just funneled in and I, as soon as i turned that corner in the uh the red bull arch I was like, there is a lot of people in here. Yeah. You know? And then there was a realization of like, we're not going to be able to run as fast. You know, like this is, this is going to require like, we, we're going to have to stay on each other's hip or we're going to get mm -hmm. lost. Um, and so you'll see over the course of the race, if you look at splits, like we were nowhere. Uh, I got them pulled up. I got them pulled up right here. We're going through some splits. Yeah. We were nowhere even close to what our running training splits were. We were substantially slower and it's not because it wasn't there. It's because, I mean, what would you think, Colin? There had to be five, 600 people in the course. At the oh, time. it was, yeah. Yeah. It was packed. There was a lot of bobbing and weaving or like stutter stepping. So you didn't step on heels or anything like that. Um, and, 
Yeah. And so I, that could have, I think that could have played to y'all's favor. So I think I two think- things. One, Taylor, tell me this. You, you raced in two world championships before this. This is the first time they had them race with pro weights, correct? Yeah. Yes. So I think you guys were a great team for a double at the pro weight. Because if you look at the defending champs, I think they finished maybe fourth or fifth. Those are two little, like, they're small guys who could just fly. They're they're like fast. We're talking like 16-minute 5K fast. Oh, yeah. If not, one of them might be 15. Like, they're they're quick dudes. They're small. And when you get them in that environment where it's, you know, you can't open up your stride, and also now you're hitting the heavy weight, I think that played really well for you guys. Oh, absolutely. I've actually got a clip. I'm in the warm-up area, and I'm panning the, my phone around, and you see the previous world champions, and he's the smaller guy, which yeah. these guys are a huge inspiration for me. I, I, like they're, What they've done in the sport's amazing. And I see him pushing the sled, and I don't notice it until I go back and I look at my stories, and I'm like, he can't push the sled. He's fighting it. You know, I'm like, he's fighting it. And Colin and I are like, we're not even trying. It's, it's moving, you know. And so, like, we always knew that going in, like, the zones are going to be substantially easier, you know, for guys who can who are squatting three times what everybody else is. You know, it's just like, we're not squatting three times, but we know we can lift weights. And so, when we when we found out it was going to be pro weights, that's when we knew. And then you're absolutely right. The course slowed people down. But at the end of the day, it is a race. It is a, is a world championship race. This is the course. Who's going to come out on top, you know? And, yeah, and- uh Here's the inter- so here's the interesting thing. I'm looking at the splits right here, and I don't know if you guys have looked back at it, but they actually got you guys in the sled. Yes. We really tapered. We really went easy on them. Yeah, that's, and I think they might have been afraid of what was coming with the sled, and they just attacked the hell out of them because they had yeah. the fifth fastest sled push. I think you guys are maybe, I think y'all were tenth, but. Like, not impressive by what. Like could have been, but yeah, no, no. I think you, guys, you played it smart. We definitely held back on the sled push and sled pull. I remember like pushing those and not even feeling like, like gassed yeah. at all. Because there was a, it was it could have been a bait and switch, right? Like that worm was dangled for yeah. Colin to just absolutely obliterate it. And I think just innately we knew that's not smart. But we don't want to be slow. But let's get through it, you know, with a good time. But we don't have to be the fastest. No, you, you, guys race, you race well. Like it, I'm looking at all your splits right here. And you had you had one split that was outside of the top twenty-five. And oddly farmer, that's one probably, split right? farmer. Yep, farmer carry. Um that was one thirteen. But you guys had the second fastest row, second fastest standby lunges, fourth fastest wall balls. Like when you finish like a freight train like that, that's hard to keep up with. You know? Like y'all torched. Through that race, the, so you're saying, and go ahead. Sorry, no, I was gonna say. So you said you kind of held back on the sled push pull, like even though the splits were a little slower than the other two guys, like you were off by like three seconds, and then you were a little faster on the pull. So was your? You said you kind of went out slow, took it kind of easy. When did you say, all right, now we're gonna flip that switch a little bit? Taylor, what do you think? Burpees. I think burpees. Yeah. Um, I think the second on our first switch. So when I when we switched from me to you on the burpees, it was like. All right, we're going. Yeah, yeah. I, there's some video of that where, like, we had planned for Colin to run, you know, start the burpees, and I knew that if he got a big chunk, then I could really pick up some ground there, and so yeah. that worked out really well. And then, like, Colin's rowing ability 
is so good. Um, and we had we actually had a slip up on the row, so we you know we get through the burpee in a very good time and go into the next run, and he just hops on the row and starts crushing it. I think he gets to maybe 600 meters, 650, mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, I jump on and start crushing. And then all of a sudden, bang, a quad cramp from hell. And it was it was so intense that it, it startled me. And I let go of the, the oar, right? Smashes into the rower. And Colin's kind of bent over just recovering. And, you know, fortunately, it smashed into the thing because he heard it. And he picks up his head, and it was like two seconds he was back on the rower. And so I jump off the rower. I'm like, you got to take it. He's already in, and he's like, boom, his feet aren't even in. Um, he, I, I take a hot shot, pop the hot shot that um, I had in my pocket, just throw it out in the crowd, and then I start massaging that cramp out. Um, and so like what just a, like a rock star moment where like sometimes it's just not going to go exactly how you want it. But at this point – there was another team with us that ended up getting third that there was already started to be some verbal exchange in the race, right? Yeah. We knew like, Hey, this is the team that we're kind of fighting against. And like, we yeah. don't know what the rest of the world's doing. The first heat, third heat. I don't even yeah. know if these guys are top 25, right? Um, yeah. I knew they were, I, I figured out at this point, they were being coached by Marcus Price and is a really good buddy of mine. So I'm like, I gotta be Let's good. Go, at Marcus. I'm, sorry, yeah, I'm definitely, Marcus Brady, great dude. Awesome. One of the best dudes you'll ever meet. So, you know, shout out to him. 100%. At this point, we were like, Colin and I, without really saying it, we're like, this is who our competitors are. And like, we don't, we can't control everything else. Let's just beat these guys. And, Uh and so, you know, coming out of the road, like Colin's road, essentially 800, 850 meters at like in the 130s. And so, you know, he's gas coming out of that. But here's the thing I know about Colin. We come out of that run and like, you know, he's going to be tired because he just rode 80% of it, you know, at a fast uh-huh. pace and it's crazy. And this other team's right here with us. So we come out of the rower first and, uh, I was like, I, I'll lead us on the run. So I, so what happened in the race, we actually took turns who led. I'm a okay. second half race. Like I have a really fast start and then a drip and then I pick up again. And so he drafted off of me and I was like, let's just get into it and I'll start the farmer's carries. And so, I'm not, I can carry something for forever, but there's just something about the way it hits my legs. It's, it's like very difficult for me to run. You're quite um, too big, bro. You just got, you, you're, you're too bulky. It just doesn't, it just doesn't fit, right? I, I can't, I don't know what it is, but, um, and so, you know, we, at this point, we're in a dog fight with these other guys and there's already like on the course, there's starting to be some banter between, and, and Colin will elaborate and we'll get more into it, but it starts to get pretty tense so, uh, so y'all are you are jawing back and forth with the german team yes mm-hmm. yeah it and, was well, retrospect they did speak english and they actually had a crowd that followed them around on the course and screaming in german and you know con i like no uh you know but like, we'll tell you <laughs> a second, like it starts to get wild you know, so Dude, that's we work. that's a world championship environment, baby. Yeah. So like without, you know, I don't want to skip over all of it, but, you know, we get through the farmer's carries. It's not our fastest zone. Um, that's one of those things like some people are just freakishly good at the farmer's carry. Like my teammate prior to Colin, he was like lightning fast. It just I, I don't know why, but he could do the whole thing and like super yeah. fast. Um, but like 
I could deadlift 3x what he does. So it just there's not a complete reconciliation between strength and speed on these things that they're not perfectly. So anyway, we get out of that the next run. Um, And was it there, Colin? Where we did they pass us there? Or so I think we went we went into the farmers carriers with them at this like the same exact time, maybe plus or minus a second. And they, I don't know if they took a turn a little tighter than us on the farmers carrier or what, but they came out like a shoulder width in front of us on the farmers carriers. And that's when they launched their kettlebells back to the, back to the, back to the zone. So they're like, I'm headed right for the out arch. I'm launching these kettlebells. The volunteer can put them back. And we're like, not put them there, bro. I don't think so. So, and Taylor, you finished it out. So you put the kettlebells down and we're like, we're catching these guys because now they're whatever three four steps ahead of us which is yeah you know a second and a half but like that that that, that launch yeah that and that throw little little bit of a fire at least in me to where i'm like no way in hell is this happening right now yeah and then 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 we caught up to him on the next run and before we made that first turn after we left the out so yeah whatever that is 50 meters we pass Mm -hmm. him and we're like one of the one of their teammates is like we're coming for you I turned around yeah. and I said some not nice words. And then, then that was the last time we let them get in front of us. I guess Dude, I that's say. racing. That's racing right there, bro. Yeah. So we, we get into the farmer's carry and this is where it gets like, we're about to come to blows at this point. So you mean lunges or farm- farmers? You mean lunges? Yeah, we go, no, in the lunges. So we, there we go. We get into the zone before they do, um, the rock zone and, uh, Tim and Fred, these are the guys are racing. End up being really cool guys, actually. But you know, it's it's just fun living in that moment and like For sure. there's no bad blood or anything. No. In the race, you you, you want to kill these people, right? Absolutely, hundred percent. So we get into the rock zone and then they cut out in front of us and they grab the sandbag first. And uh, Colin picks his up and Tim just straight body checks Colin like linebacker style. So Tim, and, how, how big are how big are these guys? Tim's a pretty big guy in front. Okay, all right. So, so he's got size. Tim's a big dude. Um, okay. So right. let's just—I didn't win that body check. I did not win it. You know, I, don't, <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had. I was not prepared for it. Captain America was not prepared. <laughs> I see this happening, and, and like, and then like, Colin kind of like bucks up, and I'm like, is he going to drop that bag and then like drop this guy? Because like, I'm here for. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, Forget the world championship. Bring out the Like, I want to like, fight right here. Yes. I'm like, screw the world championship. Like, if I get to choke somebody, like, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm throwing elbows, like, let's do it. Um, but it, it just kind of happened, right? And yeah. so, they, you know, at this point, like, this is, this is real. Like, these dudes, they're going to curb stomp us before they lose. You know what I'm saying? So we get on those we get on those lunges. I look to my right, Marcus Friesen is speaking to him, and he he makes eye contact with me and he's like, Taylor, you guys are in first. He's like, finish the race and you podium. And you know, I, I like to think I'm a pretty good sport out there. So I talk to the other guy and I'm like, Hey bro, we're in first and second place. Let's close it out. And he like is like, Really? And we just fist bump at that point. And then it's like, may the best team win. You know, this conversation though is between Taylor and the nicer of the two. Meanwhile, me and Fred are like dueling the other guy. Yeah, like world's fastest lunges. I'm in the back. 
All right, so Colin, you've got the bag on your back. You're the one who's just putting down the lunches. Taylor's back here. He signed a treaty, and he's like, ah, you know, and, and Colin's like, dude, don't sign a treaty. I'm trying to smash this man's skull in. Like, and your well, lunch and shows that. We had a really fast transition on that lunch, too. When we traded bags, we, like, didn't even miss a step. And uh, that, that really helped a lot. But, like, the adrenaline, I think our split was good because of the, like, serious fight or flight that was happening in that moment. Yeah, you went 208, and they went 219. So you put 11 seconds on them, all right? And then y'all pretty much, from what I see here, it looks like the runs were a wash, 417, 416. And so you come into the wall balls at this point, you're up about nine seconds, 10 seconds. And how did you guys split the wall balls? So we got into the wall balls and I started, and I think I got to seven before they picked it up. So we had a seven wall ball lead. Cycle rate felt pretty good. And we'd practice a bunch of different kind of uh, rep schemes, way to break it up. But every time that ball hits the ground, you know you're losing at least a second and a half, right? So it's like, yeah. as long as you can keep your cycle rate fast, keep going. I got to like 20 and my legs were burning because we were trying to blast that last run. And I think I said to Taylor, I'm like, I'm going to 30 and you're in. So hit the 30th rep, got out, one bounce on the floor, Taylor picked it back up, hit the middle 40 at like like half. You know how when you go to cycle wall balls fast, you start that squat before the ball's back in your hands so that your cycle yeah. rate is... Yep, Taylor yep. was banging these middle 40 out. No change in speed the whole time. Caught my breath because, you know, you got a minute and a half. A minute and a half. There. Yeah, yeah. And then we finished out the 30, and uh, then it was whatever you got in the tank to the finish line. So it's, I will preface it by saying, I don't know which run it is, but you'll remember it, Colin. It was when it got really testy, was testy with these guys. We're on the course, and I run past them, and I'm like, no says I, like this. Like, and I look at their face, and I'm like, deuces. And uh, that, I think that was like leading into the, um, the lunges, which is why Colin probably got body checked. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so we, we get in there, and Colin knocks him out. And now at this point, Colin, I don't think, realizes this, but as he's knocking them out, uh, E-Rock comes over, and he is like, he is, he's jacked up. Bro, E-Rock goes crazy. He's like, dude, you guys, you're going to win. Like, And I'm like, dude, there's another heat. He's like, no. And I'm like, I don't know, man. And he's like, no, you got it. And uh, I'm like, I, how could you possibly know that? And because there's a heat behind this, because that's what I'm thinking about, right? College doing his thing. I'm like talking to E-Rock. So E-Rock's like, listen, I'm going to clear out the middle of the rig. So when you get guys get finished, run through the middle of the rig. It's like a shortcut. The judge comes up to me. He's like, you better not run through that rig. He's like, I'm going to clear a path. Out. You better run around it. And I'm like, well, he said we could run through it. And he's like, well, I, you know, you got to run around it. So yeah, Colin knocks out the 30. I, I start doing mine. And we're kind of talking. And he's like, hey, do 40. I knock him out. Colin does it. And again, it's, it's people are like getting jacked up, but like, I guess for he and I, it, it was relatively anticlimactic. Like we, he knocks them out. we sprint across classic double bicep pose. You know, we go in and, uh, I can't speak for Colin, but like there was the excitement of like just beating these other guys. Right. Yeah. Like, like number one. Um, and then like, Hey, we, like we finished it. This is our first race together. Like it's, it's awesome. But then there's just like this confusion of like, like, did we win? You know, and, you know, the, the, one of the founders of High Rocks comes up to us. He like high fives us. He's like, hey, hey, uh, yeah, uh, bearded guy. Um, no, he's like, okay, uh, never mind. Uh, older bearded guy? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, congratulations. Like, you guys did it. 
And, and, you know, Iraq's like, I, I mean, we're looking at the computer and the splits. Like, you got it, dude. You got it. I'm like, there's people still in the course, man. And he's like, they're handing us the gong handle. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm going to hit this thing unless we win, you know. Yeah, are you ready? Are you ready to bang the gong? Are you like, give me the gong? Like, I'm going to hit the gong and then I'm going to hit the guy who body checked me like this. Everybody's catching straight. No, well, we, well, we crossed the finish line and everybody's talking to us. And then Caleb looks at me like, did we do it? It's like, well, we're not going to know for now four and a half minutes. So until our time elapses plus five, when then when heat three starts, we don't yeah. know. Because these guys, what if these guys whip out? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? What if they have the run of their life in the last in run number eight and they do wall balls yeah. like nobody's ever done wall balls before? You don't know. So we're standing around up there like kind of holding our breath. Like, listen, I don't know. I don't. We're just going to wait it out. And it's like it was definitely kind of a weird moment because it's like, man, we put it out there. They're saying it's enough. I don't know if it is. Yeah. We just, Wait and see. I just couldn't believe it. And the interesting thing was is that the team that we beat in our heat ended up getting third. Yep. And a team in the third heat ended up getting second. But the wild thing is like, you know, our families come over and we're looking at our phones and it shows us first in our age. And we're like, well, we don't we we want to be number one, right? Yeah. I'm like, it's great if we get the thirty to thirty nine banner, like yes, it's exciting, but like we want to be the best team. And uh and it shows us at like what fourth. Mm-hmm. Colin's just like, dude, there's just no way. Like, I don't. And so, but then when you would look, you would find teams that were ahead of us. Then you would click on them, and they weren't finished with the race. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, like, the board was updating live, and I would say after that, we went back to you know everybody's kind of high fiving us and all that. But like, I still just really couldn't absorb the moment because I'm like, something's going to happen. Like, we're going to get screwed somehow. Like, I hate to, like, be like that, um, but I'm like, there could be a penalty, um, but I, I'm not ready to celebrate, but yeah, everybody, else, everybody else is convinced that Colin and I have done it, except for Colin and I, and so we go back and back, and I'll be honest, it was pretty stressful for, like, the, the next hour. It took yeah. probably, like, every, and then we would go first and third, or first and fourth, now we're now first and third, now we're now first and second, and then when it showed first in group and first overall, we were like, we did it. You know, like we, we did it. Let's go get our banner and take it back to Tennessee, back to the States. Um, and that's when it set in of like, we, we did it, man. Like, and it was just, it, so in run respect, it was super anticlimactic. Yeah. You know, but I don't know how they resolved that. It's called putting everybody in the same heats. But, but again, if you're racing against the total, you, you can't, exactly. be, you can't all be in the same heat. Uh, I'm sure they're going to resolve that next year with doing like pro division and open. That's what I hope. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was such an out of body experience. I can't speak for you, Colin, but like, like reflecting on, I'm like, when people ask me, like, I remember I got a text when I got back, said, was it, was it what you expected it to be? Then I said, it was everything I expected it to be and more. Like if anybody tells you they don't, they don't care about getting the banner or hearing their name, they're lying. You know what I mean? Like it feels good to get that affirmation. Like that's a, it's not a bad thing to appreciate, like celebrating. Yeah, hard, yeah, hard hard work and effort and the culmination of it all in the championship. Yeah, I would say if we if we refuse to celebrate all of the work that goes into something like that, and, and people are like, why? Like that moment, dude, that moment matters so much. It does. There is no, there's it is such a good feeling like you know if you're like I just do it for the joy of racing and all that like yeah we do but like you know what's really fun winning 
Dude, winning is really very fun. fun. Like, walking up on stage, call your name, you know what I mean? Like, they call your name, you go up on stage, and everybody's like, yeah, those guys look like they should have won. You know what I mean? Like, I want to get up there, and I want to be like, I want to be the baddest dude up there. And people are like, well, yeah, he should have won. You know, that's how I, I want to feel. And, uh, but it was really neat. Like, we had an American team come up to us after, and they were like, you guys, they're like, they were as excited as we were. They're like, and we were, we were the second best American team. And I'm like, yeah. that's so cool. But like, it was like all of a sudden people knew who you were, right? Yeah. And for Colin and I, it was kind of like, you know, for you, like things got to go right. Like you could have this most, you'd be the most amazing athlete, but it, like if you don't get the accolade, like no one's going to know who you are, unfortunately. And so yeah, like yeah, it, we knew we were capable of something. And so there's a little bit of like affirmation of like, hey, like this is not just two chumps who got lucky. Um, you know, we put the work in over the course of years to make this happen. And, and so, Colin, what are you thinking? So now let's, we've gotten to the point like, yes, yeah, it's solidified. Boom. World champion. I just raced my first race in October 2022. It is now May of 2023. And I'm standing on top of a podium in the UK. Like, that's fast, man. It's definitely, uh, it felt really surreal. Like, it's kind of hard to, I don't know. I'm not really somebody to get overly excited or overly whatever yep. the opposite of excited is. Um, <laughs> I try to stay pretty even keel. But, like, I think... And especially like when we came back home, I had a couple of people from my gym ask me and it's like, I couldn't be more like more excited and more proud of everything that we did on that race day. And that was the first race that I, that we'd finished with like a adrenaline high. Usually yeah. you're trying just not to black out on those wall balls. Like, yes, yeah. usually that's the goal. So to finish feeling like you're ramping up as opposed to trying not to peter oh, out heart. was yeah. a really cool way to finish a race like i like the thrill of that was awesome if i could experience that in an individual race that would be i would be a lot fitter than i am right now but uh so that part was super cool but in talking to people as like in this last week or so it's like i don't you have to believe in yourself and your preparation and you have to expect that you're capable right because you're you never want to line up on a start line thinking you're going to have to do something that you're not capable of or never or don't believe that you have the ability to do and then go out and do that you got to have the confidence in the, wherever that confidence comes from. Maybe it's naive. Maybe it's from your preparation that you put in. Whatever that is that gives you the confidence to line up on that start line, you have to believe in that. And so I think really like the way I felt was like we went and we executed. We did what we knew we could do and we got the outcome that we wanted. And that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, you have to you have to be able to have visualized yourself as a champion before you can become a champion. I, I have never been a world champion. I have sat down and walked through my steps, the steps in my head mentally of what it would look like to be there. Because if you don't believe that, you're not, it's not going to just happen. It's not going to happen. Right. It's not going to happen. And it didn't happen for either of you. Like you guys were super bold, believed in yourself. You were humble when you needed to be. You weren't cocky. You weren't over the top. And you put all that together in one hell of a race on a Saturday night in Manchester. And then said, boom, world champion. And that's, that's amazing. And, so what I want to know, the last thing for you guys, one, do you have any intentions of teaming up and fighting some more in this next season? And then two, just give some shout outs to the people that really supported you, whether it be your company, your family, whatever it is. Just give them some love. And I'm glad that you guys have had the opportunity to come in here and really talk about this for the first time. Here, you can go ahead. Yeah. So uh, Colin and I really haven't talked about that much, but there's, you know, like him, I'm going with the flow. There's always a possibility. He's got me really jacked up about DECA. And so I think the goal right now is for both of us to try to qualify in the elite categories in DECA. Nice, nice. He, he's convinced I can do it, particularly if we train together. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, 
I think there are more races out there for he and I because we're such good teammates. I couldn't have done it without the gym. Um, I had like 11 sponsors. We did like a fundraiser. And uh, I, I raised not a small amount of money. Let's put it yeah. that way. I was able to fly five people over, stay for 12 days. Um, and so I am forever grateful. And that's just a testament. Those people believed in you. But if you didn't believe in yourself, they were not going to put their money on the line and support you. But my gym family wanted us to do that. So I think my, my wife was amazing. The kids, all the whole gym family, all of our sponsors were actually gym members that own local businesses. So I'm forever grateful to them. There's too many to name, but uh, yeah, I'm just super appreciative. And then, you know, Colin for, for doing it. I'm so, I'm so thankful to you, man. And I, I think we're just getting started. Yeah. yeah I think, um, um, yeah, very similar to Taylor. I listened, I listened to the like DECA predictions race brand podcast the, the other day. And then I immediately uh, texted Taylor fun. and I was like, dude, we're both like, we're going for it. Right. He's like, all right, yep, let's go. And so we'll see what we can do there. That's a little bit more immediate, but then yeah, very similar thing. Take the opportunities that they come and really just enjoy the process. This sport, both Pyrox and Deca, incredibly fun. I have more fun training and racing this than I have had in any sport, any endeavor I've taken on so far in my life. So as long as we're enjoying the process, having a good time and being able to do things like this, like I wouldn't trade it for anything. So like the way, the, the way things are working out, pretty freaking cool. Um, and personally, yeah, it's, you know, I think my gym first and foremost, because I've got an awesome group of people that, you know, I push pretty hard as like the gym owner, hold people to a high standard, I expect a lot out of people every time they walk through the door and then they turn around and do the same for me. And I wouldn't, not to say that I wouldn't train as hard if, if I knew, if I didn't have them in my corner, but knowing they've, knowing that they've got my back and they support me and they believe in me is huge. And then to Molly, she's my ride or die, make sure I get places that I need to go and don't get lost. Make sure I don't get too hungry because then I can't make decisions and I get crabby. <laughs> and without her, without her, I wouldn't have eaten anything on Saturday. We got into the start line, falling asleep. So wouldn't have been able to do any of that stuff without her. She keeps me alive. And, uh, and then, yeah, just having the, the honestly, and I've played a lot of team sports and tennis, playing doubles and stuff like that too. But I think Taylor is like, has been the best teammate I've ever had. Like in terms of, being able to lean on him when I need it and not questioning whether or not he's going to be able to pick up the slack and not just physically, but like mentally, emotionally, logistically, like, cause I'm so new to this sport and, and all the logistics that go into it. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty insane. Well, fellas, that is awesome. I'm super excited for you guys. I will see you out on the deck of floor. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.